Welcome to the ASHP official podcast, your guide to issues related to medication use, public health, and the profession of pharmacy. Thanks for joining us in this episode of Pharmacy Hot Topics, where we sit down with our experts and discuss what is currently top of mind in the world of pharmacy. My name is Anna Allegra-Dopp, Senior Director, Government Relations at ASHP, and in honor of U.S. Antibiotic Awareness Week, which is being observed from November 18th to November 24th, 2023, we're hosting a podcast to discuss the Center for Disease Control and Preventions, or CDC's, recently released core elements of antibiotic stewardship for health departments. Joining us for today's episode are Destiny Bazoon, Sarah Cabani, and Melinda Newhauser, all from the CDC's Division of Healthcare Quality Promotion Office of Antibiotic Stewardship. And also joining us are Shana Bernard from Virginia Health Department and Mandana Naderi from the University of Arizona College of Pharmacy and Arizona Department of Health Services. As a reminder, the findings and conclusions in this podcast are those of our guest speakers and do not necessarily present the official position of the CDC. Destiny will be providing background and moderating this podcast. So take it away, Destiny. Thank you, Anna. Health departments play a crucial role in the nation's ability to monitor, prevent, and respond to infectious diseases and outbreaks. CDC's epidemiology and laboratory capacity for prevention and control of emerging infectious diseases, or ELC for short, program provides support to 64 state, large local, and U.S. territory health departments through a cooperative agreement. CDC's Division of Healthcare Quality Promotion supports health department healthcare associated infection and antimicrobial resistance programs, also HAIAR for short as well, as well as the Antimicrobial Resistance Laboratory Network through the ELC grant. Over the past two years, CDC has awarded American Rescue Plan Act supplemental funding to health department HAIAR programs. A portion of this supplemental funding is dedicated to providing access to antibiotic stewardship expertise, especially for settings where inequities in stewardship support exist. This has led to an increase in health department staffing and capacity for supporting the implementation of antibiotic stewardship in healthcare facilities, including inpatient, outpatient, and long-term care settings. We provided funding to each health department to identify an antibiotic stewardship lead who would be responsible for the development implementation, and evaluation of required stewardship activities. We recommended that the stewardship leads be either physicians or pharmacists with infectious diseases training and experience implementing antibiotic stewardship activities in a clinical setting. Much like in hospitals, pharmacists have played an important role in leading and supporting stewardship activities at health departments. Currently, there are 36 pharmacists supporting antibiotic stewardship programs at state and local health departments across the country. Many are serving in leadership positions or as a stewardship expert for the health department. We're fortunate enough to be joined by two of these pharmacists, Shana and Mandana. Could you both speak about some of your experiences leading and supporting stewardship activities at your respective health departments? Uh, Shana, would you like to start us off? Yes, I can do that. Thank you, Destiny. So I was hired in 2018 as the antimicrobial resistance coordinator in the Healthcare Associated Infections and Antimicrobial Resistance Program, also known as the HIIAR program, at the Virginia Department of Health. 
In my position, I oversee two separate teams, uh, but those teams are integrated in a lot of ways. The first team is the antimicrobial resistance team or the AR team. And this team includes epidemiologists that track cases of targeted multidrug resistant organisms, such as Canada auris and carbapenemase producing organisms. And they provide guidance to our local health departments who are responsible for implementing a public health response and working with healthcare facilities on infection prevention and control measures to slow the spread when cases are identified. The other team is the antimicrobial stewardship team or the AS team, where I serve as the antimicrobial stewardship expert our antimicrobial stewardship team includes two data analysts that use antibiotic use and antibiotic resistance data to track and report trends. And then I also serve as a liaison to outside partners and collaborate with external agencies on statewide antimicrobial stewardship activities. So that was the Virginia experience. So I'll now turn it over to Mundana um, to give her experience as well. Thanks, Shana. So I serve as the antimicrobial stewardship lead at the Arizona Department of Health Services, which I'll be referring to as ADHS. I began this role in April 2020, and at the time, I was the only pharmacist working at the ADHS Office of Infectious Diseases. I started my role at a critical time for healthcare professionals worldwide, and during the COVID-19 and MPOX global health emergencies, I had the opportunity to provide my pharmacy expertise as a clinical co-lead for both our ADHS COVID-19 therapeutics team and the ADHS MPOX therapeutics team. That experience allowed me to help guide clinical decision-making for providers across Arizona to ensure that there was the appropriate use of the clinical therapeutics that were available to us for those diseases. My role as an antimicrobial stewardship expert includes serving as a chair of the ADHS Antimicrobial Stewardship Subcommittee, as well as coordinating statewide stewardship initiatives and providing stewardship technical assistance across our state. I'm also responsible for our state's Antibiotic Awareness Week activities that we have every year. It's been so exciting to see all the pharmacists that have become involved within state and local health departments over the past several years. I concur. <laughs> it's been equally exciting on the CDC side to watch the pharmacist expertise grow at the state and local levels, um, again, in, in uh, conjunction with the increased funding. So we're really excited to have both of you, and thank you both for sharing your experiences. Um, so in addition to providing funding to health department stewardship programs, CDC also provides health departments with guidance, resources, and technical assistance when needed. Some of our most important resources are our core elements of antibiotic stewardship, which provide a framework for antibiotic stewardship implementation for a variety of healthcare professionals and facilities. Many of our listeners will hopefully, be quite familiar with the core elements of antibiotic stewardship. Melinda, could you provide an overview of the core elements? Absolutely, Destiny. We'd love to discuss our beloved core elements. In 2014, CDC released the core elements of hospital antibiotic stewardship programs outlining structural and procedural components that are associated with successful antibiotic stewardship programs. Since then, the core elements have been adapted for different healthcare settings, including long-term care and outpatient. In 2019, based on published literature and experience in implementing core elements, the hospital core elements were updated. The seven core elements are leadership commitment, accountability, stewardship expertise, action, tracking, reporting, and education. 
Thanks for that overview, Melinda. Um, and Sarah, could you talk about the new core elements for health departments and how health departments can utilize this framework to improve antibiotic use? Yeah, thanks, Destiny. Um, as Melinda mentioned, the core elements proved to be quite an adaptable framework for stewardship implementation. And with the rapid expansion of hiring of stewardship expertise um, and leads and co-leads in public health, we heard that there was a need for health department-specific guidance. So our team set out to adapt the core elements framework to public health, specifically to health department audience, to identify stewardship activities that are most feasible, impactful, and sustainable. Um, so the core health department, the core elements for health departments were created based on a review of literature that was published on health department stewardship activities. Um, another resource that we used is um, the performance measures that are submitted yearly by all states that receive funding. And these performance measures describe planned and implemented stewardship activities. We reviewed and analyzed the different activities to inform the, st the strategies we suggested in the core elements for health departments. Thanks, Sarah, for describing the, the birth of the core elements for the health departments. In hospitals, the leadership commitment, accountability, and stewardship expertise help make the case for dedicating the necessary resources for supporting the stewardship leads and co-leads. Sarah, can you talk about how these core elements have been adapted for the health departments? Um, absolutely. So similar to hospitals, leadership commitment for health departments is engaging with senior health department leadership to establish stewardship as a priority and to secure the dedicated human and financial resources to ensure uh, that, that the stewardship program has adequate support, funding, and visibility. Um, the document uh, that, that is published on the CDC website includes example strategies for identifying a senior leader at the health department on issuing statements of support or having a reporting structure with regular meetings. For the second core element, which is accountability, it emphasizes identifying a leader or co-leader for the stewardship program, and also provides an overview of other individuals with experience in essential fields, such as epidemiology, data analysis, health communication, and other skills that, that are important to support the stewardship program. Um, as for the third core element, stewardship expertise, that, that emphasizes on the importance of health department stewardship leader or co-leads having expertise and experience implementing stewardship activities. Um, as the health department lead can support staff at facilities in different healthcare settings that, that have themselves limited access to stewardship resources. So that expertise at the health department is critical. Um, and now I want to hand this over to our health department colleagues, um, Mandana, Mandana, Shana. How have the four, first three elements helped you support stewardship at your states? Thanks so much, Sarah. So as Destiny had mentioned earlier, the CDC's COVID-19 supplemental funding helped fund our state health department to expand our stewardship and surveillance team this year, which has been very exciting. With support from our senior leadership at ADHS, 
we now have an additional stewardship pharmacist and an infectious diseases physician to serve as subject matter experts who are working with me to promote antimicrobial stewardship activities across all Arizona healthcare settings. We have also added two additional epidemiologists to our team, so it's so nice having a growing team dedicated to promoting stewardship best practices across Arizona. I'll pass it over to Shana to talk about Virginia's experiences. Yes, absolutely. So in Virginia, I serve as the antibiotic stewardship leader, and I am accountable for the management and outcomes of our antibiotic stewardship activities. So just like in healthcare settings, such as hospitals, having a multidisciplinary team is vital to the success of our program. While I have expertise in infectious diseases, microbiology, and clinical antibiotic stewardship, I need other colleagues in the health department to assist with data analysis, information technology, and then also creating visuals to show trends in antibiotic prescribing to help inform our state priorities. And that team approach has been adapted nicely in these core elements. One of the leadership activities for health departments are to integrate state and local health department stewardship programs with other health department program activities, including HI prevention and outbreak investigation. I have recently worked with our team of infection preventionists to help them evaluate stewardship programs, specifically in nursing homes. Our infection preventionists, in collaboration with our local health departments, conduct proactive infection prevention and control assessments at these healthcare facilities. During these visits, they review current infection prevention practices and provide recommendations for improvement. And they actually use a standardized assessment tool that was developed by CDC, which happens to also include a section on antimicrobial stewardship. So I provided education to our team doing these visits. So when they are talking with these healthcare facilities, they can thoroughly evaluate the stewardship program and provide recommendations for improvement. And they really act as extenders of our health department stewardship program. And that's just one example of how the leadership core element was adapted to activities already occurring at our health department. And then lastly, like Mandana, we also have a statewide antimicrobial stewardship committee that is under our larger HI advisory group, which is co-led by our health department, our quality improvement organization, and our state hospital association. And I specifically co-lead the stewardship committee, and we have a lot of great members from various settings, including hospital stewardship pharmacists, infection preventionists and nurses, and physicians from hospital and long-term care. This committee has done a lot of great work over the years, including various education webinars, releasing a state antibiogram, and creating an honor roll for hospital stewardship programs. In an effort to support the health departments in their new roles, I uh, would love to give Chris Evans a, a shout out. And uh, that uh, Chris Evans is a, our dear colleague from the Tennessee Health Department, and um, him and I co-facilitate a community of practice for stewardship pharmacists working at state and large local health departments. Uh, this group meets quarterly to share experiences and resources to help public health stewardship implementation. Yeah, thank you. Thank you everyone for um, detailing the first three core elements uh, for the health departments. So the next one is action. And action highlights implementing evidence-based local level stewardship activities with partners or in the setting of a stewardship collaborative. Potential partners can include local healthcare system payers, uh, sorry, local healthcare systems, payers, professional clinical organizations, or state regulatory agencies, such as licensing boards or state Medicaid offices. When we reviewed the performance measures submitted to CDC by the funded health departments that Sarah mentioned earlier, um, and we reviewed these in 2022, we found that almost half of all activities fell under the category of action. 
Shana, Mandana, can you give some examples of how you've leveraged external partnerships or stewardship collaboratives to implement stewardship interventions in your jurisdictions? Yes, so the ADHS Antimicrobial Stewardship Subcommittee is a multidisciplinary group of medical, pharmacy, microbiology, and nursing professionals from many of our state's healthcare systems and organizations. This subcommittee provides information, best practices for stewardship, and technical assistance for a variety of healthcare settings across our state. Our stewardship subcommittee is currently working on developing multi, or multiple antimicrobial stewardship toolkits for common infections encountered in different healthcare settings, such as long-term care facilities and outpatient settings. These toolkits will help guide the clinical decision-making process for prescribers in order to reduce inappropriate antibiotic prescribing. We also collaborate with our state universities and many local healthcare professional organizations to help us facilitate our stewardship initiatives across our state. And now I'll pass it over to Shana. Yeah, thanks. Those toolkits are going to be very helpful for Arizona healthcare professionals. Um, and so in Virginia, our partnerships are really vital to the work that we do. There are a lot of organizations and people that have the same goals. So just finding them and synergizing the work are important and a way to maximize resources. Um, we have recently been working with one of our local health departments, uh, which is Fairfax Health Department in Northern Virginia. I just wanted to give them a shout out and briefly talk about what they have been doing and are planning to do. So Fairfax Health Department has been working with the nursing homes in their jurisdiction to better understand their antimicrobial stewardship needs. They sent out a survey to their nursing homes based on the CDC core elements to evaluate the uptake of those activities. The responses to this survey are going to help inform future activities and potential quality improvement collaborative topics. They have first targeted the assessment and treatment of urinary tract infections for their first quality collaborative with a small number of nursing homes. And then they're also working on creating more tools to aid the infection preventionist in performing antibiotic timeouts. Thanks, Shana. It's great to hear about the activities you're doing, especially that they're across all these different healthcare settings. Um, I think uh, we've covered the first four core elements. Now it's now we wanted to talk about the next two core elements that are in the health department guidance. And those core elements are tracking and reporting. In tracking and reporting, we highlight both the measurement and the reporting of two main categories of data. One category is on stewardship activities and the other is on antibiotic use data. So first, we talk about tracking and reporting as of stewardship activities by evaluating the uptake of core elements in different healthcare settings. And this can be done by a variety of data sources that you've heard some about and we'll discuss some later. Um, and reporting these data can be done either through state-specific annual reports or directly to facilities through facility honor rolls. Um, for the second category of data, which is antibiotic use, there are a variety of data sources that are listed in the Health Department Core Elements Guidance. Data sources, of course, will depend on the setting. For example, in outpatient setting, we list publicly available Medicaid data and public use Medicare files, in addition to other proprietary data sources that can be used for surveillance at the state level. Um, as part of as part of our um, outreach and support for health departments, we hold monthly office hours that provide examples of how different states are utilizing data sources for surveillance and provide resources for states who are just beginning to analyze their data. Um, 
Melinda, can you give us a quick primer on inpatient antibiotic use, specifically in the context of national healthcare safety network inpatient antibiotic use data module? Yeah, absolutely. The antimicrobial use or AU option of the CDC's National Healthcare Safety Network or NHSN is a surveillance resource that can provide actionable data for antibiotic stewardship programs. Hospitals can use the data to measure AU across their hospital or, or across healthcare systems. And this can be done before, during, or after stewardship interventions. As of this month, approximately 3,000 acute care hospitals across the United States have submitted at least one month of data to the AU option. State health departments can access data from hospitals within their jurisdiction reporting to NHSN under a data use agreement. State health departments can use these data to inform outreach, education, and stewardship collaboration. Mandana and Shana would really enjoy hearing how you're using data from AU and other data sources for tracking and reporting to guide your quality improvement. Yes, thank you, Melinda. So in Arizona, we have been actively working to increase the number of acute care hospitals reporting antibiotic use and resistance data to the NHSN AUR module, just so that our team can utilize this information to inform future stewardship initiatives for our state. As of October 2023, 30% of acute care facilities in Arizona reported AUR data to NHSN. And I'd like to highlight that this is a 20% increase from last year. So we are making steady progress and we will continue to work with acute care facilities to increase that uptake of NHSN AUR reporting. We've also been analyzing state Medicare and Medicaid prescription claims to identify top antibiotic prescribers by medical specialty in the outpatient setting. So this data will also help us determine antibiotic prescribing rates by geographic region within Arizona. Thanks, Vandana. So I am also going to talk a little bit about what we've done in Virginia related to outpatient prescribing. Um, so we have access to an all-payer claims database, which includes, among other things, claims data for antibiotic prescriptions and ICD-10 codes for office visits. It includes all Medicare and Medicaid claims, as well as about half of private insurers. We've been able to use this data to analyze outpatient antibiotic prescribing related to office visits for upper respiratory tract infections based on ICD-10 codes. Through this analysis, we found uh, Southwest Virginia had a higher percentage of antibiotics prescribed compared to other regions of the state. And so this gave us a focus area to prioritize. We have since been able to collaborate with one of the largest outpatient clinic groups in Southwest Virginia called Corellian Clinic. So another shout out to some of our great partners. Um, the antibiotic stewardship team at Corellian has worked on education to their providers, including recording some podcasts that are available for anyone to view, uh, but also provide continuing education for Corellian providers. They also have targeted activities for cold and flu season and created prescription pads with non-antibiotic interventions and recommendations for prescribers to hand out to patients. Lastly, they're working on tracking their antibiotic prescribing and reporting it back to the providers by creating a dashboard, which will provide additional information they can use to target education. Shifting to education, which is our last core element, Health departments have traditionally played an important role in promoting antibiotic stewardship through communication and education activities. Shana and Mandana, 
Can you provide examples of some work you and your colleagues at the health departments are doing to promote stewardship education? Yes, so I will start. So in Virginia, our HIIR program produces a newsletter every other month, and I include antibiotic stewardship information, and we also promote U.S. Antibiotics Awareness Week and all the different activities happening in November. We've created a webpage that serves as a landing site where we include all the information from CDC and specific activities VDH or other partners are doing. We know that there are so many stewardship programs in our state doing all of these amazing things, and we look forward to recognizing their work every year. I also host and present various webinars in collaboration with our partners. So in the past, we've covered topics such as treatment of Canada Auris, COVID therapeutic hot topics, and how to use the NHSN antimicrobial use module. Last summer, we worked with our quality improvement organization on a summer camp series where over the summer months, we hosted three webinars. Um, and on one of them, I spoke about evaluating your antibiotic stewardship program and measuring antibiotic use. I've also partnered with our health department's Office of Health Equity and Division of Primary Care and Rural Health to provide education to small and critical access hospitals, highlighting the CDC's core element for that specific setting. And then finally, I've worked with our long-term care partners on a conference for infection prevention and antibiotic stewardship, and that setting around the time that CMS included requirements for nursing homes to have a stewardship program so they could meet their education and training requirements. Um, I will now turn it over to Mandana to talk about her experience. Thanks so much, Shana. And I just want to emphasize that education is a major part of our roles. Our entire stewardship and surveillance team is actively involved with providing stewardship education, whether we are creating educational toolkits, updating our website with the latest stewardship information, presenting at various conferences or webinars, or providing one-on-one -on -one facility level stewardship education. ADHS also has an annual infectious diseases training event uh, for healthcare providers across our state and stewardship education is included within that training. And also every year for US Antibiotic Awareness Week, we create educational resources for healthcare providers and the general public regarding the safe and appropriate use of antibiotics. And these resources are publicly available on our website. We collaborate with local health departments and local healthcare organizations to share these educational resources with healthcare professionals across our state. Since I also serve as assistant professor at the University of Arizona, I am able to provide stewardship education to both pharmacy and public health students. Thank you. And I'm so glad that you mentioned um, collaboration with uh, healthcare professionals, because now that we've gone over all seven of the core elements for health departments, we wanted to discuss some ways that pharmacists working in a variety of clinical settings connect with their public health departments. So health departments often engage with healthcare facilities and professionals to promote antibiotic stewardship. Last year, health departments reporting engaging with close to 5,000 healthcare facilities and over 15,000 healthcare professionals. These include facilities and clinicians in a variety of settings, including primary care offices, critical access hospitals, skilled nursing facilities, dialysis facilities, and more. Shana and Mandana, could you provide some examples of how a pharmacist can work with their health department across healthcare settings? Yes, and I can start, Destiny. So we do encourage all pharmacists in Virginia to sign up for our HIIR newsletter, as that is a great way to stay connected to us. You can go to our website, um, and I think that's a good first step, no matter what state you're in, is just to go to your health department's website and see what information is available. I know that there are a lot of states that have a lot of great information on their website, and that will give you a better understanding of any activities that are going on. 
We are also always looking for more involvement from stewardship pharmacists in our subcommittee or specific activities our subcommittee does. So if you have some time to spare, you can get involved that way. And as I've mentioned, we, we do host a lot of webinars and we always receive our most positive feedback when we have speakers from settings sharing what they are doing and practical advice and lessons learned. So if you wanna share with your peers, I don't think there is any state that would turn down a request from you. Yes, like Shana mentioned, I think a great place to start is to visit your health department's website just to see if there are any sort of additional information on how you can work with your health department. Uh, you can reach out either to the Healthcare Associated Infections or Antimicrobial Stewardship Team to learn if your state has a stewardship collaborative available for you to join. Most health departments are involved with stewardship activities across all healthcare settings, both inpatient and outpatient. So asking a local healthcare organization about their work with the state health department could also be a good way to learn more about collaboration opportunities. For example, we work closely with the Arizona Center for Rural Health to promote stewardship support for critical access hospitals across our state. So that is how I'm connected to pharmacists within those settings. Wow, thank you guys for, for sharing some of those great examples. And I'll also put a plug in for CDC's antibiotic stewardship website. We also have a lot of great web uh, resources um, and some pharmacist-specific resources as well, including posters for community pharmacy pharmacists and um, specific pharmacist uh, bundles as well. So you can also peruse your state health department's website and the CDC website as well. Um, and we believe that gaining hands-on experience is critical to growing an individual's stewardship expertise. Any suggestions regarding how pharmacy students and trainees can explore stewardship public health training or rotations? So I have to echo Destiny's plug for the CDC's website since the CDC has a great online training on antibiotic stewardship that is free and includes several modules about stewardship in different healthcare settings. And I actually have my students who are on rotation with me complete these trainings so that they can put that on their CV and utilize that within their future practice. Since my role includes an affiliation with the College of Pharmacy, I really enjoy having the opportunity to serve as a preceptor for pharmacy students during their advanced pharmacy practice experience. If you are a trainee who is interested in working with your state or local health department, I definitely encourage you to visit those health department's websites and reach out to them to see if there are any potential internship or rotation opportunities available. I also encourage pharmacy students to attend their state's pharmacy association meeting since they may be able to connect with a pharmacist working at their state's health department. Our ADHS subcommittee meetings are open to anybody in our state who is interested in learning more about our state stewardship initiatives, and I'm sure other health departments are similar. And I'll pass it off to Shana to talk about Virginia. Yeah, absolutely, Mondana. Thank you. And I think I have a very similar response. So in Virginia, we do have agreements with a couple schools of pharmacy to be an advanced practice rotation site. And I know other states also take students on rotation. So of course, go to that website um, to find out more information. In Virginia, we actually partner with our own division of pharmacy services at the health department. Um, since most people might not know that our health department does have a dispensing pharmacy and they provide certain medication, medications such as vaccines and family planning medications to our local health departments, and then also oversee our 340B program. And they were really instrumental during COVID when a lot of the therapeutics and vaccines were being sent through the health department to then be released to healthcare facilities. Students that complete our rotation in Virginia spend about half the time with the director of our pharmacy and her employees, and then half the time with myself doing antimicrobial stewardship activities. 
there are limitations on the number of students we can take each year. Um, so I've also had students shadow for one day or a few days or just talk to them on the phone about, you know, what my job entails and the career path. So that might also be an option as well if time is limited um, for the specific stewardship lead um, at that state. It might be difficult to find the right person at the health department, but each health department should have some sort of general contact information on their website that you could at least start with to get you um, to the right person. Well, that time went fast. So all the time we have uh, for today, I want to just give a very sincere thank you to Destiny, Sarah, Melinda, Shana, and Mandana for joining us today to discuss the important role that pharmacists have in working with their state and local health departments to optimize antibiotic use in their communities. Uh, as I listened to this important discussion, I was struck by the profound impact that the CDC core elements have had since 2014, particularly in optimizing medication use, but the collateral impact that it, they've had on stewardship, medication stewardship in general has been uh, really profound, seeing it being applied opioid stewardship and anticoagulation stewardship and the things that you outlined, the structure that you provided certainly appear to be adaptable to other areas within public health um, to give structure to improving medication use. Uh, so thank you. Thank you so much for all your time and expertise. The timing of this podcast is to support and raise awareness around the 2023 U.S. Antibiotic Awareness Week. Um, also, ASHP is hosting a webinar on November 15th, so that's just a couple of days ahead. Uh, but the topic is aligns really nicely with the discussion today. It's going to provide CDC updates and then give case examples using the National Healthcare Safety Network antimicrobial use option that Melinda was speaking to earlier and several others spoke to as an excellent resource. So uh, that webinar is on November 15th from 3 to 4 p.m. Eastern time, but it will also be recorded and made available after that event. Thank you again for joining this episode of Hot Topics in, in Pharmacy. And if you enjoyed today's conversation, be sure to subscribe to the ASHP official podcast for more great content. Thank you for listening to ASHP official, the voice of pharmacists advancing healthcare. Be sure to visit ashp.org forward slash podcast to discover more great episodes, access show notes, and download the episode transcript. If you loved the episode and want to hear more, be sure to subscribe, rate, or leave a review. Join us next time on ASHP Official.